Welcome everyone to Elevate. I am your host, Dr. Corey Sandra, chiropractic physician, outdoor enthusiast, and occasional actor. Our mission at Elevate is to help you elevate your life to new levels, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and energetically, with incredible information in the field of health and wellness from a holistic, natural approach. Let's get rolling. Welcome everyone to episode 10. I'm Dr. Corey Sondra. Thank you for joining me at Elevate. Today is our part three in a three-part series on the classic syndromes that we get diagnosed with after we've ruled out every other disease. So part one, we talked about fibromyalgia. Part two was chronic fatigue syndrome. And part three today, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. IBS is considered a functional gastrointestinal disorder, which basically means there isn't um, an underlying physical damage. It's IBS is a group of symptoms characterized by cramping, abdominal pain, bloating, gas, constipation, and or diarrhea. And like fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, IBS is a diagnosis of elimination. So diseases or issues we have to rule out typically before someone gets diagnosed with IBS, we have to rule out celiac disease, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, colon cancer, or any multitude of autoimmune diseases. IBS is generally defined as recurrent abdominal pain. IBS is generally defined as recurrent abdominal pain at least three days a month for three consecutive months. It's also associated with two of the following. Improvement with bowel elimination. Onset associated with the change in stool frequency or onset associated with the change in stool consistency. Now, Like I said, in traditional medicine, it's basically what they label you with when everything else has been exhausted as far as laboratory tests, imaging, like ultrasounds and CAT scans, MRIs, as such. Treatments, traditional medicine usually involves anti-diarrheals, antispasmodics, laxatives, even SSRIs, antidepressants. And a common antibiotic they use is rifaximin. Patient response is poor with a multitude of increase in side effects. So the drugs don't work. So in my world, in my office, I've narrowed IBS down to a few things that when we address them, their symptoms go away. And the number one thing I see with irritable bowel syndrome is hydrochloric acid deficiency in the stomach. And in one of my earlier podcasts, I talked about one of the pillars that I look for with every patient. Are they producing enough hydrochloric acid to break down their protein and their food in their stomach? Hydrochloric acid is also one of our first line of defense for bacteria, viruses, and parasites. So if we're deficient in hydrochloric acid, we can get an overgrowth of bacteria or fungus or candida. 
So I always check for hydrochloric acid deficiency, but with hydrochloric acid deficiency, it can lead to what we call gastrointestinal dysbiosis, which is a disruption or an imbalance in the gut microflora. So the number two thing I always see with IBS is a candida overgrowth. Typically, there's a decrease in lactobacillus acidophilus or a decrease in bifidobacteria. Both the hydrochloric acid deficiency and candida can be brought on by a round of antibiotics or multiple rounds of antibiotics or your classic acid blockers. Another thing I see with IBS are parasites. So I have to check for parasites on every patient. And another thing we see is SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Typically, you'll see an increase of E. coli or uh, Clostridium in the small intestines. And they've actually got studies that are showing that 80% of people with IBS have SIBO. So SIBO's a big one. And the traditional medicine has a hard time treating them. And another biggie we see with IBS are food allergies or food sensitivities. And the two biggest ones I see, there I go again, gluten and dairy. And I've seen hundreds of cases of IBS clear up just by patients getting off gluten and getting off dairy. Their problems go away. Another uh, food allergy, uh, corn is a big one. Soy is another one. So gluten, corn, dairy, soy, those are the big ones. And we always got to check for leaky gut. That's where there is uh, the tight junctions in the, at the cellular level in the colon. And the small intestines are porous and food, undigested food particles can get through. Pathogens can get through. And it's estimated 12 to 50% of the population has some form of a leaky gut. Another thing to factor in with IBS is non-celiac gluten sensitivity. That's where someone has a reaction to wheat or gluten, but it's not going to show up in the blood tests. And it can be every bit as severe as someone who has celiac disease. And IBS, the symptoms of IBS and non-celiac gluten sensitivity are almost identical. So glute, always look at gluten, corn, dairy, soy. Okay, so what do I do to address IBS? Well, when we're dealing with candida, uh, my favorites, oil of oregano, candacyst, and another product, biocidin, works very well. With SIBO, with the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, oftentimes supplementing with hydrochloric acid and pepsin will help restore balance in the gut and also biocidin. I'm always going to hit diet again. Diet is huge with irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, people respond well if they're on the paleo diet, the primal diet, the keto diet, and the carnivore diet. Again, we've got to clean up our shitty diet. We've got to get the crap out of our diet. Get the refined sugars out of our diet. Get the flours out of our diet. Get the grains out of our diet. Get the vegetable oils out of our diet. Get the trans fats out of our diet. And all four of those diets do that wonderfully. An interesting note with IBS, uh, Dr. Paul Mason's work down in Australia, he's done several studies, interventional studies, showing that Eliminating fiber from the diet, eliminating fiber from the diet can clear up IBS. It's fascinating work. He's got a segment 
a YouTube segment. I'll post it in the notes so you can look it up. But he took groups of people on a high fiber diet, a medium fiber diet, a low fiber diet, a no fiber diet, and those with the IBS symptoms, they all cleared up on the no fiber diet. Everything we've been told about fiber is actually wrong. Uh, fiber, most of those studies showing that we need fiber in the diet are observational studies or epidemiological studies, which only show correlation, not causation. Basically, what he goes on to say, and I agree with him, is that increased fiber in the diet just gives us bigger poops. Now, I'm going to talk about the emotional side of IBS. You don't hear about it too much in traditional medicine or even in alternative medicine. But when I look at a patient, I have to address the physical, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, the metaphysical. And with IBS, emotions are huge. Probably the biggest emotion I see, and it goes back to hydrochloric acid in the stomach, the adequate hydrochloric acid production in the stomach, the big emotion I see is criticism. Criticism tends to store in the cardiac valve, that's the valve between the esophagus and the stomach, and when criticism stores in that valve, that valve doesn't function properly and so a lot of the contents of the stomach can leak up through into the esophagus and cause your heartburn, your reflux, and your GERDs. Gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERDs, heartburn, reflux, they're all the same thing basically. But criticism, and usually when we address emotional issues in the body, we have to go back to the point of origin or the original time or event when the criticism started. And most people, when I see criticism starts in childhood, and it's usually mom or dad or both uh, criticizing. And then as we go through life, we have more events or themes, the recurrent theme of criticism, girlfriend, a boyfriend, husband, wife, we boss, coworkers, our peers. So criticism has to be addressed. Other emotions I see in the stomach are troubled and despair. And then at the ileocecal valve, that's the junction between the small intestine and the large intestine, rage and hate, those have to be addressed. Large intestines have several emotions, uh, forced, coerced, feeling controlled, judgment, melancholy, crying, weeping, rigid, inflexible, anal, dogmatic, depending on what area of the colon those emotions will store and cause a disruption in bowel function. And with the small intestine, and when we're dealing with SIBO, we got to address the emotions. The small intestines, the biggest thing is abandonment. Then there's vulnerability, feeling lost in life, insecurity, unsure of self. If we don't address these emotions, and if we don't address hit the original time or the original event, we're never going to have optimal function of our digestive system. How I do that in the office, I'll use a neural emotional technique. I know a lot of people have gotten really good results using emotional freedom technique or the emotional code. I use another technique, creative emotional wizardry. I've mentioned that in past podcasts. I'm going to get Dr. Roberts on my podcast here pretty soon so we can talk about his work. And then I also use a modified form of rapid eye uh, therapy to help free up these emotions and get them out of the body so these organs can start working better. IBS is one of the easiest fixes in the office. 
Nobody should be suffering from IBS. But ultimately, it's our crappy diet and our trapped emotions that lead to the symptoms we see in IBS. And with a few wonderful techniques, clearing some emotions, putting patients on appropriate supplements and cleaning up their diet, it goes away. So nobody needs to suffer from IBS. Well, that basically concludes our third part in our three-part series of our diagnosis by default conditions, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and irritable bowel syndrome. If you have any questions, you can call me at the office, 801-476-1752. I'm also available for phone sessions or Zoom sessions. You can message me on Facebook, Corey Sondrup, D.C., you can email me at doctor, which is dr.corey.ohd at hotmail.com. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Well, let's, let's jump into the ski report. Friday, I went skiing at Snow Basin. If you could call it that, I think I did three runs. The light was so flat, it was like I was just seeing nothing but white. And I honestly felt like a beginner trying to get down the mountain because I had no depth perception and I couldn't see anything. And my wife was skiing with her sister. I just said, I'm done going home. So I went home. So uh, Snow Basin's got about a 100-inch base. So doing good. All the lifts are open. It was beautiful, but I couldn't see anything. It was just pure white. And then yesterday, I went fishing on the middle fork of the Provo and caught seven fish. Uh, They're doing you know it's doing really good it was cold it was 25 degrees windy and snowy and i think i lasted four hours before i threw in the towel because it was so cold but caught seven fish uh glow bugging and pretty much any nymph and then when they were when the fish were rising uh, they were hitting on the buffalo midge so those are some tips for you for those fly fishermen out there other than that that's about it our next podcast, I'm going to be talking about the organ-emotion relationship, where the emotions store in the organs and the acupuncture meridian. So it's going to be a fun podcast. I think you'll like it. So go out, have a great day, do the things you love, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one. The information contained in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. All information presented by the hosts, guests, and all other material is not intended as a replacement or treatment for any medical condition, nor is it intended to examine, diagnose, treat, or cure any medical condition. Before engaging in any healthcare decision, please seek the care and guidance of a qualified medical physician.